everybody. This is pop culture critic John Tatey welcoming you back to Pop Mom, the podcast where culture is relative. Yes, it's time again for my mom, Bonnie Tatey, to share her view of pop culture, small town life, and the riddles of human nature. Don't forget that. On this episode, Mom reviews the new Pete Davidson stand-up special, Alive from New York. Let's bring Mom in now. Hi, Mom. Hi, Johnny. How are you? I'm good. Um, a, a little bit of a scare. Our um, The kids' afternoon babysitter came down with a cough and fever. And, uh. you know, given what we've been exposed to in the media lately, given what's happening in the world... It was hard not to think, does she have the coronavirus? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, being in New Hampshire, we have uh, two confirmed cases. Oh, really? Wow. Really puts New Hampshire on the map. It does. But sadly, the person person that was first diagnosed with it was asked to self-quarantine themselves and they went to a social function at the Tuck, what, I don't know what. Yeah, is the it Tuck Business School at Dartmouth. The Tuck Business School at Dartmouth, yeah. yes. Went to a social event there and was kind enough to pass it on to another person. So this uh, mm. self-quarantine idea is stupid. What, what is wrong with quarantining people? Hey, you have the coronavirus. Could you stay the hell home? <laughs> Am I wrong? Um, no, I mean, I, but I think you're getting at how disjointed and confused the response to this has been. I mean, in terms of the the media mobilizing and even, you know, the political class mobilizing to scare the crap out of everybody, A right. plus on that right. front. But in terms of organizing any response or like, what are we supposed to do with ourselves? Like, okay, we're not supposed to buy masks. They seem to be getting that message out, but like- Or Purell. Right, right. But what do you want us to do? Right. We feel like we want to do something. We need to do something proactive. Um, And this is your, this is your response, essentially, nothing. So- You know, this, uh, I'm not sure what is wrong with quarantining people. Hey, you have the coronavirus. Stay home. What's wrong Uh, with that? There's nothing wrong with that. Not even stay home. Like, maybe you stay in the hospital. That's what what I picture. Well, they don't want them there. Oh, that's true. I I guess I don't know how you enforce that, but we just, we don't have any... Well, it used to be when you got something, when you were a kid, the health inspector came to your house and nailed a big statement on the front door, and I'm all for that again. (laughs) So given this, given this now, and I may have said this story before, but when you go to the supermarket, now I live in an area where there are, the community is a large amount of older people, elderly Mm -hmm. people, which Mm -hmm. I don't consider myself there yet. I mean, they're just oblivious. They pull out of their parking spaces uh, and God help you if you're in the way because they can't see. So they're just going. They cough. They just cough right into the air. And my theory is they're afraid to let go of the shopping cart because they're afraid they'll fall. But I don't care. <laughs> yeah. 
I don't know how you're not covering your mouth at this point in 2020. I yeah, but it does. I mean, toddlers, I can understand. All Eve right, I never covers her mouth. Well, sometimes she does. Uh, yeah, she's she's not totally awful, but she's seems like toddlers two. and the elderly don't do it. And yes, as you say, she's two, so she has an excuse. Um, I guess old people are just to the point where they don't care. Some of them, I think they're in their own little world. And they think the rest of us can just go to hell. Well, they're not wrong. Well, I protest. And I'm, I feel like I should follow them home and nail something to their front door. Well, something. So you, what would you nail? Anything. Anything. Uh, a soda can. Anything I can find under my car seat. Because I am left with this rage and no place to put it. Yeah. Well, that's not an uncommon plight for you, in fairness. That is true. That is true. That is true, and I realize it now, because now I am rooting for people or not rooting for people on Jeopardy, given if they dance or if they click that buzzer like it's uh, an oxygen support to keep them alive. So now I'm all biased against the players. So wait, to clarify, you 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 don't like that? You want calm buzzer conduct? Right. That's right. And don't dance from side to side. Don't play with your hair. Don't make goofy gestures. Just play the game. Dance from side to side? Yeah, you know, like go from one foot to the other foot. Oh, oh, during the game, like nervously. I see. Right, right. I thought you were judging people based on the little high or wave they do when they introduce the players. Well, sometimes. Sometimes I did. You know, if it's like too cutesy or too, eh, you know. I'm not into it. So I realized that I really am getting old. This is these are things that old people don't like. <laughs> I'm turning into get off my lawn. That's Well, you just said a little while ago that you do not consider yourself elderly, so I which don't. is it? Yeah. Well, I don't. I'm an exception to <laughs> I'm an exception. Uh, yeah. I'm straddling the line. I don't know. I don't know, yeah. but People, you know, it's a little bit of cabin fever. It's a lot cabin fever, I think. Yeah. Today today alone, we had uh, rain. We woke up to rain, then clear, then sunny. That was nice. And then it snowed, and then it got sunny, and it snowed, and then it was sunny and snowing and windy. So it's just, it's too much. It's too much for me. Uh, so you have self quarantined. You, you're talking about cabin fever. You have yes. you've locked yourself in your own home. Yes, I went to the supermarket yesterday and got enough food for six good meals and two eh, meals, and <laughs> <laughs> that's like that's like grilled cheese and soup is a meh meal, you know. I'll, I'll um, take that. Yeah. Well. It's just, I, I'm afraid. I'm just afraid. And, that, and then when I read that this person went out after they found out they had the coronavirus, and I'm just thinking, I don't trust anybody. You're, what a bunch of idiots. Yeah, how does that, uh, what is the thought process there? Maybe they're just dazed or, uh, yeah, I don't no. get No, no. Go home, put yourself to bed, wait till you're not running a temperature, and then go out. So now I have my gas gloves. Uh, my gas gloves are 
the dollar ninety nine gloves that it that stretch to fit everybody's hand, and uh, so I put those on as soon as I leave the house, and I don't take them off till I get home. Why are they gas gloves? Because uh, I wear them when I put gas in the car, <laughs> even in oh, the summer. Oh, I see. To hold the God. <laughs> um, well, you can go outside still, you know, right? Yes. And you do, right? Oh yeah. Okay, good. But I want to. I want to go to Goodwill in Manchester. Uh, as you know, I'm on a rug making frenzy right now, and I need top sheets, just top sheets, because I figure people's bottoms have touched the top sheet less probably than the bottom sheet. So, but I just found out there's a Goodwill in Manchester, so I want to go there and get sheets, but. I'm afraid to go there, so I can't go. Um. Okay, so you're making rugs from these sheets, and you have so little faith in the Goodwill laundering process. Oh, my God. Laun- they don't launder anything. I went into the one in Concord on Sunday, and the whole store smelled like poop, and... I finally saw somebody talking to the manager, and she said, the manager said, yes, it's bad. It's really bad. Uh, there's something wrong in the bathroom. So, whoo, that was not very pleasant. <laughs> well, this marks two weeks in a row we've conjured the smell of feces for our listeners. Um, we so have. I and, feel like and Yankee is- Candle would like us to stop referring to them in the same <laughs> That's right. sentence with poop. Anna, my darling, beautiful, loving wife, um, uh, admonished me for not giving a warning before my uh, story about my <laughs> descent into parenting horror last week because it was quite gross and people may have been eating a meal. So um, if you listened to last week's podcast, <laughs> here's a warning. That story I told was kind of gross. Okay. So, all right. Well, so week. we've taken care of that. And since we're talking about last week, Daddy would like me to mention that he does go to every doctor's appointment that I go to, except he doesn't go if I have one at 8 or 8.30 in the morning because he just cannot get up that early. But other than that, he never misses a doctor appointment. Okay. Husband of the year. It's very hard to have family that listens to your podcast, you know? Uh, Yeah, it's a pain in the ass. Yeah. (laughs) But there you go. So We won't uh, get into it because I'll just have to hear even more. So uh, everybody's right. wonderful. Let's put it that That's way. That's right. And we, That's will, right. we will move along. Oh, wait. We have to talk about a contest that you entered. Oh, I did. I entered a contest. Now, is this another, is this another, like the Intertown Record Contest? No, was no, It basically no. A, a contest for children that you, that you won. Um, that was not. Why would a child want a subscription to the Intertown Record? Funny papers? No, there's no funny papers in the Intertown. Listen to me. This is a contest put on by U.S. Dish. I don't really know what that is. But they'll pay you $1,000 if you watch 15 hours of The Office and win the contest. You have to answer questions like, how many times does Kevin roll his eyes and such? Whew. So are, you're doing it? You did it? 
Well, I entered, but I don't know if I've been chosen yet. How many episodes was it? Uh, was it 45? Wow. Yeah, that would come out to about 15 hours without commercials. Um, and so you have watched all these episodes? Oh, yeah. And you were sitting there keeping track of blinks? Oh, or no, no, blinks no, no, no. You would have to watch them all again. Oh, okay. But you and you have not done that. Correct. I only will do that if I'm chosen to participate in the contest. Oh, so what was your entry? I you're guess just you're, volunteering to be well, in the contest? I'm entering to be chosen to be in the contest. Wow, this is quite an elaborate affair. So you yes. pre-entered this contest. Well, right. And now my fingers are crossed because you get $1,000, a goodie bag, and some kind of gift certificate to Netflix. Oh, wow. Um, What are you most excited about, the goodie bag or the $1,000? Yeah. yeah. No, the, the goodie, goodie bag. bag. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> okay. Well, so are they going to like put you in a hotel room and you just got to sit down and shotgun these 45 episodes or what? Uh, I think you just do it in your home because and then you answer the questions. I see. So it's a self-quarantined contest. <laughs> Which I am not in favor of, but yes. <laughs> okay. Um, well, good luck. We hope you get chosen to potentially maybe think about entering this contest provisionally. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Should we talk about Pete Davidson? Yes, we should. All right. This week, Mom and I are talking about Alive from New York. Pete Davidson's rundown, apathetic persona has earned him a passionate following since his debut on Saturday Night Live in 2014 when he was just 20 years old. Davidson has also been followed by a steady drumbeat of tabloid stories about his substance abuse struggles, mental health challenges, and a broken engagement with pop star Ariana Grande. And there was that moment in 2018 when Pete had to apologize for a joke he made about a Texas congressional candidate who wore an eye patch. We all remember that. In his new Netflix special, Alive from New York, Davidson takes on all of this mess and more in his trademark barely-giving-a-shit style. Here's a clip. So I was just celebrating. You know, Louis C.K. was hosting, and at the time, Louis C.K. was like a very well-respected comedian. <laughs> like, at the time. Like, yeah. At the time, he was someone that you would look up to and want approval of at the time. <laughs> at the time, it was someone you wanted to be nice to you. Um, anyway, so he was hosting, and I, I was just thrilled. So uh, I smoked a joint uh, in my dressing room. And as I was leaving to go into the elevators, um, Louis C.K. was like holding court and talking to like a bunch of the cast and writers and like cool people. And like they were like clearly very into a conversation. So I was just like, I don't want any part of that. Like, you know, I'm high. I don't want to like ruin it for anybody or like I don't want that guy to know I exist, you know? So I just put my hoodie on and I closed it really tight and I walked all the way around to the other side of the elevators so I could not, you know, be in the way at all. And uh, so I pressed the button and I'm just waiting there. And then all of a sudden, Louis C.K. stops his conversation. He looks up and points at me and goes, look how fucking high Pete is, that fucking idiot. Just getting fucking high at work, you stupid fuck. You're gonna smoke your career away, idiot. And I was like, so high, I was like, that didn't happen. I was like, no, no, no. 
Nah. Alive from New York is streaming on Netflix. Mom, when you watched this special, was your living room alive with laughter or dead silent? <laughs> I did laugh twice. But other than that, it was a somber affair. Um, but but let me just tell you. <laughs> yeah. I When it was all said and done, I was mostly depressed. Yeah. Oh, I can understand that. Okay. Now, let me tell you, I do not think Pete Davidson is funny. I think he's funny <laughs> like if I had... Not me, but, you know, if I had guys over to watch uh, a game or something that I think he probably would be very funny. Okay. Agreed. Fun to hang out with. He gives off. Fun to hang out with. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, And other than that, I probably just don't get him because people people were I mean, not guffawing, but people were laughing at him but i didn't think pretty much anything he said was funny i thought it was funny when he said this show is being made for nickelodeon i thought that was funny (laughs) and i forgot to write down the other thing that i laughed at but in all honesty this this young man is hurting yeah he's really i'm sorry i might even cry it was so sad he went on to tell stories about his father who died in 9-11 he was a firefighter and he I did Pete say how old he was nine um he well let's see he I said in the intro he was 20 in 2014 so he would have been um seven or eight when the okay seven or when, eight. yeah when September 11th happened I don't imagine at that age you could absorb the enormity of what happened. I mean, it was difficult for adults, let alone a little seven-year-old child. And so he he did tell the story about how he spoke to several of his father's friends for stories to, to to build some sort of history in his mind. And none of them seemed very... uh warm or appropriate uh, yeah now, no i mean he he his last story is a story about um basically his uh father sneakily watching his friend have sex with a stranger yeah right yeah that's what he left us with yeah so there was lots of cringeworthy things that he talked about um now i i don't want to be judged I don't want anybody to judge me, but I thoroughly enjoyed his story about Louis C.K. Oh, me too. I enjoyed it probably much more than a a nice person should. Why do you say that? Well, before Louis C.K. ran into all his or had his issues exposed, mm. that's probably not a good sentence. Um, accurate. Yeah. Pete tells a story of how, when he was, as Louis CK was writing for Saturday night live and Pete was in the room, I guess, writing also, I guess they all write, but, uh, Louis CK went to Lorne 
Michaels and tattled that uh, Pete was smoking a lot of pot and, you know, told him, told Pete that he was wasting his smoking his life away. What a waste. And, you know, just, I don't know, I guess probably not treating him like an adult, but kind of being superior. I'll I'll say probably came off like that. Yeah. So Pete goes on to tell the story that how uncomfortable this was for him. And then he got called into Lauren's office and um, nothing really came of it. But he said he woke up one morning to the Louis C.K. story uh, coming out. Yeah, the scandal. Yeah. Yeah. And that he he enjoyed it also. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, I mean, I, first of all, like, what a jerk Louis C.K. is, like, narking on this SNL cast member. And can I say, as someone who worked on a late-night show for a couple years and Mm. has been around that community a great deal, in my experience, the prospect of a comedy writer... Uh, indulging in a little weed at work is not so rare. It's not like this was, I mean, and the drug culture at SNL used to be really bad and like harmful and people died. Right. Um, Right. And it's not, it's not like that anymore. They did clean it up to some extent, but a little weed, like uh, that's just going to be around comedy. So I think it, not only what did I find it funny, and did I think it was the funniest material? He starts off with it, but it's the, I think it's the funniest yeah. material of the whole hour. I just enjoyed this story about Louis C.K. being a prick because yeah. um, uh, is this bad? But I don't mind him being made to be more of a villain now that we know he like he was being a bad guy. Like anything that reinforces that. Like if the story were about oh Louis came came in and he he had gifts for everybody like hand picked bags of candy with a handwritten card I'd be like oh my god but <laughs> to hear that he was kind of a jerk I'm like well okay you know maybe society yeah. got that one right right yeah um, but exactly. also and it's such a great story because I was given my personal affection for the substance in question I was just like come on Louis really yeah so yes I enjoyed that story very much. I did too. I did too. And I am not a, you know. Uh, yes, I know. Yeah. You do not partake. Well, except yeah. when I'm at your house. <laughs> yeah. That's not true, uh, by the way, just so people know. Well, just so just dad knows, the, basically. Dad, uh, dad knows. It comes through the floorboards. I always have a great night's sleep. Oh, I bet you do. Yeah. When your friends come over. Uh, I digress. <laughs> Friday Uh-oh. nights, yeah. Friday, yeah. you get a real good sleep on Friday nights. Yeah, I do. That's right. I do. I sleep <laughs> like a baby. Yeah, I thought the I thought the Louis C.K. stuff was the strongest. Um, you know, Mom, I just I know it's part of his persona, but I really felt like his detachment was was tiresome. And there's so many moments where he's. Sometimes his digressions are funny. I think more often his digressions are just kind of meandering. He doesn't commit to whatever riff he's yeah. going on. Yeah. And so I'm just sitting here thinking like, okay, Pete, like let's let's get on with it. Get to whatever funny part you had planned. Sometimes it seems like the story peters out and there was no punchline or yeah. arc to it at all. And 
I don't know. I just have affection for the guy. Maybe it's because he's so young. Um, maybe it's because it's so evident that he is hurting, that he has been through and still deals with a lot of pain. Like, I just yeah. kind of want to give him a hug and I want him to yeah. be okay. And it's so evident, even in this edited, highly produced Netflix special, that he's not. And that to me, even his um, comedy is suffering for it. Yeah. Yeah. Because I do. I I do want to say that he he could win a prize for the f bombs that he dropped, which after a while makes me think, can't can't you be funny and tell me something uh, articulate and make I think, me laugh? Yeah, I think he can. But does he think that he can? I I'm not no, so sure. I don't about think that. he can, and that's that's the crux of it. He doesn't believe in himself. It doesn't seem he that has way. no confidence. No. He's a very he's a very injured person. He's very injured. And that really became evident to me, which is why I felt very depressed afterwards, because I thought I'm willing I'm willing to go along this on this ride with you. Uh, You're a comedian. You're doing a couple of sets up there and I'm with you. But I'm not really laughing. uh, Yeah. With you. Yeah. Well put. Uh, I'm mm. wanting to. I mean, I can't remember yeah. a stand-up special like I'm where I'm rooting so hard for the guy, and I just like I'm halfway through, and I'm like, oh man, it's just not going to happen, is it? He's just not going to. There's flashes, and I think that's why people love him. Like, there's flashes of him just being really hilarious and um, frank and saying things just in a really bald. Um, pat way that gets at the truth of some you know dysfunction in our culture right i mean this is what this is what comics do there's flashes of that but it never you know you're talking about sets and i'm thinking here like they were barely sets like it doesn't it never really coheres into um a structure and he i don't think has the confidence to pull off a looser comedic shows so it just to me there's just a lot of times where I just felt like it was meandering and it was making me sad as you say yeah and I did feel bad for how hurt I I feel he is you know I he I, I know he went to rehab over Christmas because he said on the show he yeah. was going to to rehab yeah. and I thought well that's great that's a good thing but he needs somebody he needs a psychiatrist. He needs somebody to talk to. And I really believe it stems from his father losing his father in such a horrible way and not understanding yeah. it. Well, I think that had a big impact on him. Yeah. You know, lately I think about this, this um, concept of input output. I know we talked about it very briefly one day, Yeah. but I think the input was so into, into making him, was so uh, traumatic that now his output sounds traumatic. Well, elaborate on this idea a little more so that people understand what you're talking about. Well, I read about it in con- in 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 the concept of children that when mm-hmm. they get overwhelmed with people talking or the TV is on and they're playing a game or they're playing. Uh, this game, then that game, and mommy's saying, let's, let's take a bath. And that the input is just overwhelming to them. 
that they stop inputting and they start outputting, screaming, crying, throwing a tantrum, where it doesn't seem like it's appropriate. But for them, things have become overwhelming, and now they're just going to output things. Yeah, a very um, an idea that I took on board and has been um, very helpful for me. I have to oh. say, since we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, I mean, very helpful. It's not like it transformed my parenting approach, but it just no. this very simple way of looking at it, and me standing there thinking, "Why is he having a meltdown over this?" Yeah. This has this concept has helped remind me, like, it's not over this. It's over everything. And right. you know, maybe this right. was just the the straw that broke the camel's back. Um, but it's it's a uh, you know, not that it's most a profound shift of perspective, but it's been helpful right. to me. It's just something to keep in mind, and that's what I felt like, you know, Pete was built with this trauma at a very young age. Um, and probably, you know, mom was trying to cope with it and He's got a sister, and what must that have been like? Very, very, very difficult, I would think. Yeah. And also, and also it's funny because uh, it sort of dovetails with my recommendation for this week. Oh. Well, hold that thought. Okay. Mom, what's your grade for live from New York? Well, I would say I wouldn't really encourage anyone to watch it if you're yeah. looking to be amused. I don't know. You know, this is a tough one. This is a very hard one. Well, I know but, you don't want to sit in judgment of them. You don't have to give a grade if you don't want to. I don't care. Um, yeah. I just don't think it's appropriate. Okay. Um, I don't really have a sound for no grade, though. <laughs> well, I give it an F, then. Oh, an F? Yeah. Pete's going to be so sad he got the losing he, horns. He's not going to care. <laughs> he's not going to care. Uh, and if he if he wants to come up and have lunch with me, uh, I'll be glad to buy him lunch. Oh, really? This is another um, comedian outreach. This is becoming a tradition <laughs> after you scorn the work product of a comedian for you to then invite them to a healing meal. That's so, right. Um, Yes, Pete, even though you made clear in your um, stand-up routine that you're not allowed to go on the internet because there's too much pain there for you, um, if you do happen to make an exception for this podcast, let it be known that mom is willing to um, serve you lunch in New Hampshire, provided you're free of coronavirus. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't bring any of that in yeah. here. No. Uh-uh. Okay. Uh, well, you uh, wrote the segue yourself, mom. What's your recommendation this week? My recommendation is a book and I'm not sure if this is a I think it's a real book and not a young adult book <clears throat> you know what I mean well yeah uh, young adults is, yeah I know what you mean but but I don't think it is a young adult book it's called we should hang out sometime uh, embarrassingly a true story by Josh Sundquist who is a Paralympic Paralympic uh, skier and he's a motivational speaker and such, but he is a cancer survivor. He only has one leg and he realizes at age 25 that he's never had a girlfriend. He's never kissed anyone. And he decides to go on a quest to go over the situation of each girl that he's uh, had a crush on 
and or had a date with or whatever, and why it never progressed any further in hopes of discovering something about himself and why he has not been successful when what he realizes at the end is it isn't the girls that are the problem. And I, I think I'll just leave it at that. Mm-hmm. Okay. I like it. We should. I love the connection, too. It makes a lot of sense. Um, we right. should hang out sometime, Embarrassingly a True Story, by Josh Sunquist. Um, it is listed on Amazon under teen and young adult, but mom has oh. made clear that it's enjoyable for all ages. Uh, well, you know, he's talking about his youth, so I understand that. Right, right, which is, which is probably very relatable to many people and his his concept of what is going on on a given date and what is what is not going on, but it's all flavored by his uh, efforts to not be seen as a one-legged fella. Mm, okay. So, there you go. Great recommendation. Thank you, Mom. Uh, you got anything else? Can I just say, yeah. people, if you're watching Better Call Saul, you really should watch John's Basement Breakdown. It will give you new insight into the show and really enhance your viewing of what a fine production it is and what, how much attention there is to detail. There. That's all. That's all I needed to say. Thanks, Mom. That's Basement Breakdowns on YouTube under the O-Logical channel. We recently passed 1,000 subscribers, big milestones, so I'm really excited about that, and I have been Can you pouring... say if I was 1,000? You were not 1,000, I'm sorry. You were 1,001. Oh. Yeah. That's because I didn't know my password. <laughs> my friend Derek proved to be um, a subscriber 1,000 and was quite proud of it. Oh, um, Derek, I hate him. Oh, that's not true. We love Derek. We do love Derek. So, yes, thanks for the plug, Mom. Check that out. It's going really well. Consuming, I mean, I've been thinking about Saul nonstop, basically. (laughs) It's, I take a break for other work. Like I did, I took a break to do some, um, you know, boring money-making work earlier today. Oh, and uh, then I took a break from Saul to record this podcast, which is not boring at all. It's a great joy for me. Um, the podcast's a little late this week because it's just been a crazy week. But, you know, we get it to you when we get it to you. And at least we showed up this week instead of me. That's right. Uh, I That's right. hate when I'm absent. People me people too. get salty on the Twitter. They start, where are you? What's wrong? <laughs> and they have every I'll right. Tell you who gets, I'll tell you who gets really pissed is your brother Merrick. Oh, really? Yeah, I get angry emails. Where are you? Where are you this week? (laughs) Well, thank you for your patience. You know, uh, sometimes life happens, and sometimes it happens more than other times. But, uh, (laughs) Mom, thank you as always. That'll do it for this week's edition of Pop Mom. Mom and I will be back next week to talk about more pop culture. Of course, the question is always is, what are we going to talk about? I hope it's something interesting. Ooh, I hope so, too. Something interesting and self-quarantined we'll be talking about next week. Thanks for listening. If you enjoy the show, tell your friends. We love to get mail, too. Popmom at Ological.net. Email us. Talk to us about anything. Make a suggestion for the show. Ask us a question. Ask Mom a question. You don't want to hear from me, but you can ask Mom a question. Popmom at Ological.net. We love you. Mom and I will talk to you again next week. Bye for now, Mom. Bye, Johnny. I love you. Love you, too.